Paul, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, called an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It is concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship, for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are you also the called of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day word for word from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. The Unchanging Word Bible study continues in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 today. And these will be the subject of our study. As we begin this new study of the Book of Romans, Dr. Mitchell comments that for one to know the Book of Romans is to make one heresy-proof. Knowing the truth of the gospel of the grace of God establishes the believer in their own life, in their relationships, and in their service to God. As we find out, the Apostle Paul is the author of Romans, and the Apostle Paul's own personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ was one of being a bond slave to his Lord, as a preacher, a teacher, and an evangelist. He was totally separated to the gospel of the grace of God. Well, open your Bible to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Here is our teacher, Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you, and we're starting this study in the book of Romans. In our last lesson, we were dealing with some introductory material concerning it, and especially its place in the epistles uh, in regard the one epistle to the other. And I'm just going to start now on the very first verse. The first 17 verses, for those of you who are taking notes, the first 17 verses is introductory. This, Paul wrote this book from the city of Corinth, about 58 A.D., and as I said in our last lesson, I repeat it, uh, if one takes the book of Romans, it makes one heresy-proof. It's because of this lack of the study and knowledge of the book of Romans. We have so many Christians, and I'm not questioning the fact they've accepted the Savior, 
but they've been led astray. Because of this lack of the study of Romans, God's people, in many, many places, they become shipwrecked with respect to their own hearts and lives before God. You pick it up and you say, well, Mr. Mitchell, I read the Bible and I get nothing out of it. The possibility is that you put it to one side because you're too tired or something else comes into your life which hinders you from reading it. This is one thing Satan desires is above all else that we should not spend time in the Bible. This is God's revelation to you and to men everywhere. So let us come to know our Bibles. We Christians, those of us who are Christians, let us not be ignorant of the marvelous things that God has done for you and for me through the person of his Son, Jesus Christ. Now again we come, if I may be allowed to read from Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first, the first five verses, or the first six verses. You got your Bibles open, Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Paul, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, called an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised to fall by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And what about this gospel of God? It is concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are you also the called of Jesus Christ. Now, I've just been reading the first six verses of Romans chapter 1, and I do want to spend a moment on this first verse. Paul, a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Now that's, that's the correct word. He's a bond slave. This is his relationship to the Savior. That is, he recognized that Jesus Christ was not only his Savior, but his master. And this is the relationship between a master and a slave. He recognized he was bought from the markets of sin. You remember in Romans chapter 7, 14, Paul says, we were sold under sin. And Jesus Christ came and he bought us with his own blood. He purchased us. This is the word to redeem. He bought us and set us free. And Paul here is saying that he was not only purchased, but also he was surrendered. He recognized Jesus Christ not only as his Savior, but as his Master. Now that meant that he had no will of his own no mind of his own, no possessions of his own, no time of his own. Everything he had belonged to Christ. Nothing was kept back. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to use my will or my mind or my possessions or my time, but it means that he's the master. And I'm his bond slave. That's what Paul is saying. And may I say the measure in which we are thus before God is the measure of our usefulness for God. People say to me, why, Mr. Mitchell, why doesn't the Lord use me? Well, it may be because you haven't come to the place where you recognize Jesus Christ as your master. 
You say, well, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Well, that's what he does for you. That is, he's already made provision for you to come into right relationship with himself. You're redeemed and forgiven and have life eternal. Child of God, All this is all he does. What does he want of me? What does he want of you? He wants us to yield ourselves to him, the recognition that Jesus Christ is our master. Sometimes I ask God's people, do you believe that Jesus Christ is absolute in authority? And you will say together with them, why, of course he is. Then if I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is absolute in authority, then I must give to him absolute obedience. Now, this is what Paul means when he said he's a bond slave. It isn't everybody who's a bond slave of Jesus Christ. It'd be a wonderful relationship if you and I could honestly say before God and before men that we are bond slaves of Jesus Christ. See, well, I serve the Lord. Yes, we all try to serve the Lord. But I'm going beyond that. I want to know what place does Jesus Christ have in your heart, in your life, in your will, in your mind, in your experience. In fact, there's a danger sometime where we become occupied with the things of Christ, our experience with Christ, our service for Christ. And we miss, we miss being in blessed fellowship with Christ, where he is the center. In fact, I would say to you today, just in as far as you give Jesus Christ his rightful place in your heart, in your life, in your devotion, in your love, just in so much can you be really a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing in the, in the verse was, he was called an apostle. In the book of Corinthians, he tells us, have not I seen the Lord? I, am I not an apostle? When you come to the first two chapters of the book of Galatians, we have where Paul defends his apostleship. In fact, his apostleship was given by a risen Christ, as you read in Galatians. Now, this is his office. If a bond slave means his relationship, then being an apostle, this is his office. That is, he's called to a ministry. He's God's messenger. You remember our Lord said in John 17, 18, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so send I them into the world. What for? To be ambassadors for Jesus Christ, as you have in 2 Corinthians 5, 20. We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Or as Paul could say in Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, when he said, Woe is me! In fact, he said, a dispensation of the gospel, that is, a stewardship, a responsibility of the gospel is committed unto me. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. This man was an apostle. He was called to be one of God's messengers. He was called to a ministry. May I say, my Christian friend, whoever you may be, God has called you to a ministry. Now, I didn't say to be a preacher or even to be a so-called missionary or an evangelist. But every one of us who are Christians have been called by God to communicate the precious good news of the gospel concerning Jesus Christ 
to our generation, to our families, to our neighbors, to our friends. If we believers do not communicate the gospel, if we do not present in some way the precious word of God by our lives, where we live, and by our talk, and by our words, how are people going to hear? How are they going to know? And by the way, if you're witnessing for the Savior, be sure that your life matches up to what you're saying. People, you know, uh, watch a person who's a Christian to see how they're going to live. And they're not backward in going out of their way to try to make you fail God. I know that. How easy it is for the world to come along and set traps for your feet so they can say to you, you know better than the rest of us. But that doesn't change the th situation. If you have really accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've got a job with your personality right where you are and where you live to communicate the Word of God to somebody else. Now, one more thing in the verse. He not only was a bond slave and an apostle, which speaks of his office, but he was separated unto the gospel of God. This was his duty. This was his position before God. You say, that's kind of narrow, isn't it? Yes, yes. You mean he was separated to no other message than to God's gospel? That's correct. Why? He was separated unto God's good news. You know, friend, God has good news for men. But how is he going to get the good news to men? He needs someone to be the channel of expression. So Paul says, I'm just one of those who is seeking to give forth the word of life, the good news from God to man. God is not going to send an angel to do it. Why, if an angel came to your door and came to you in the room where you're sitting right now, uh, you'd be so taken up with the angel. In fact, some of you would be really scared. You wouldn't know what to do with it. And you'd tell your neighbors and friends everywhere that an angel came in and visited you. No, no, he's not going to send an angel to tell your neighbors and your friends about the Savior. Cause you to do it. Paul said, I was separated unto the gospel of God. Not something that was created by man, not something that was thought out by man, but something which God acted in making provision for man. And Paul was wholly sold on it. And let me tell you something else. This gospel of God, of which Paul was separated to, man had no part in it. You see, all the religions of the world want you to do something, to merit something. The gospel of God is telling people not what you can do for God, but what God has done for you. Now, after one has become a Christian, it's true we do things for God because we love him. But Paul has only one great message. God has done something for man. And when Paul writes to the Galatian church in chapter 1, do you know what he said? As he looked back over his life, he said, You know, the Lord chose me from my mother's womb and set me apart. What for? To give the good news from God to men. My, what a, what a privilege. Do you mean to tell me, Mr. Mitchell, that, that God expects me 
by my life and by my words, by my attitude as a Christian to in some way get the good news of God to men, as that's true. If you and I don't do it, who's going to do it? If Christians don't do it, who can? I said a moment ago, he's not going to send an angel. Sends you. Sends me. We're going to see that before we get through the end of this introduction in the verse 17 verses. But this man was separated under the gospel of God. God's good news. You say, well, that's a pretty narrow message. Yes, my friend, Jesus said the same thing. He said, you know, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life. Many go down the road to destruction. Few there be that find the road to life. And I'm sometimes amazed when I think of the fact of the honor, the privilege, and yet the responsibility that God expects you and me to be his messengers to our generation. Can you say with Paul, I'm a bond slave of Jesus Christ. My office, my calling is to minister the word of God some way or another to somebody else. And I'm separated. I'm a separated man. This is what the world doesn't like. And this is what people don't like. Now, even though some people have gone overboard on this question of separation. Now, I believe in separation from evil. But I can't separate myself from the job of witnessing to the world, to sinful man. Remember that God still loves men and women. Even though men are in sin, even though men are in shame, God hasn't forgotten them. God still loves them. He's still pleading with them. God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. But God is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You see, the message of the gospel, the good news is from God. It's God's good news, not yours, not some organizations, not some religious leaders. It's God's news. God has news for man. Man thinks that God is so, so far away in his righteousness, in his judgment. He's so far away in his omnipotence, in his omniscience. And we're down here in sin and shame. God has no use for us. Listen, friend, God loves you. And I know he loves you because he sent his son to die for you. And all that marvelous work of our Savior, which he did for us, is found in this book of Romans. This is why I've been so burdened of late that God's people may be established in the one book that will establish them in the gospel of the grace of God. Now, this gospel of God is not something new. For the second verse says, this gospel of God was promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It's concerning his Son. You remember our Lord said in John chapter 5 to the Jews of his day, had you believed Moses, had you believed the prophets, you would have believed me. 
for they wrote concerning me. When Jesus met the two disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, he said to them, O slow of heart not to believe all that God in the law and the prophets had revealed. See, friend, God has news for man. The law says, that is, the law of God says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The wages of sin is death. Ephesians says we were dead in trespasses and sins, and we were children of wrath like the rest. Now God has good news for such people. And the good news is the gospel from God, the good news from God. Shall I put it this way? God has good news for man in his sin. Here is man in his sin, in his shame, under the judgment and wrath of God. And God has some good news for them. But how is he going to get those good news to these people who need the good news? He's not going to send an angel. He sends you. Sends me. But, Mr. Mitchell, I can't talk. My friend, your very life will be a revelation of what God has done for you and through you. And I want to appeal to you who are Christians today. Would to God every one of us could say with Paul, we're born slaves of Jesus Christ and we've been separated under the good news from God. Whatever your job or responsibility may be on earth is neither here nor there. Like Mr. Carey used to say, the man who went to India with the gospel, one of the first missionaries of the gospel to India, he used to say he cobbled shoes. He was only a shoe cobbler. And he repaired shoes. What for? To pay his way. He said, my main job is to present the good news concerning Jesus Christ to men. And I'm just cobbling shoes to pay the way. You say, well, I'm one of the most retiring people in the world. Well, I'll take your word for it. But even you, my friend, if you love the Savior, you can't live unto yourself and you can't die unto yourself. Oh, listen. Just you fall in love with the Savior. And some way, as we study this book of Romans, may just get a hold of your heart the marvel of it, the wonder of it, that you and I can stand in the presence of God because of the provision which he has made for us through Jesus Christ. As Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 says, we were accepted in the Beloved. Now read that Romans, will you? Read that first chapter and you just, just fill your mind with the text and we'll talk to you about it again in our next lesson. Day by day and with each passing moment Strength I find to meet my trials here Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment I've no cause for worry or for is kind beyond all measure, gives unto each day what he deems best.
take as from a father's hand. One by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. Till I reach the promised Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.